Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... But Chrome notoriously like kills Skype because it battles for bandwidth, so I'm <laughs> minimizing or <laughs> closing on all my windows. Um, otherwise, well, we'll... I went downstairs and planted myself in the basement right next to our Google Fiber <laughs> box. So I was like, I've got massive Wi-Fi now. My there only like glitch in this is that my child is still sleeping upstairs, and so I'm praying that if he comes down, I can like wave him off to like get yourself back. You know, without without him coming over and like wanting to have a morning cuddle, it's like no, no, no. My because we talked about this last night. It's like uh, Mama yeah. is on, you know, an interview. My three year old is is sort of outside the door ish, but Jonah knows. Like, can you please just entertain your sister? Give her anything she wants. Just do it. But if we have an interruption, or it's nearly autumn, a time for many of contemplation, reflection of breathing the world in, and of watching nature burst to life. That's what autumn means to me, at least. It's a seasonal change, and it's a time where I feel called to count my blessings, to give thanks, to be grateful. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 460. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Tracy Sorrell. Tracy's debut picture book was just released, and it's called We Are Grateful, Ojali Heliga. The book features Cherokee men and women, children and grandparents, family and friends throughout the year, in all seasons. Grateful. There are faces you can follow throughout the book, and there are moments you can both connect to and also moments through which you can connect with experiences perhaps unfamiliar to you. It's a quiet book. It's a beautiful book. It's a book that speaks loudly by asking readers to listen closely. Before we get started, I want to offer thanks to our sponsors, Gallery Nucleus and Storyteller Academy, for helping make today's episode possible. And now, please welcome my guest, Tracy Sorrell, the author of We Are Grateful, Ojali Heliga. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy Sorrell. I'm glad to be talking to you today. Thank you, or wado, as we would say in Cherokee. I am just excited to be here. I look forward to our conversation. And it's a pleasure to kind of meet over the podcast. <laughs> this is the way all of us people meet anymore. We meet over Twitter and Facebook and podcasting. <laughs> Unless you get to go to 
ALA or to something and meet in real life, which is always, have you had those experiences where you meet a person you've only known online and then you're having this moment of like, are they real? I always have the moment of, are they really going to like me? What if they, what if, what if I'm not who they think I am online? And then you realize that, oh, we're all, we're all so transparent online. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then there are times where I think this person's going to be, you know, maybe more funny than they are in real life, you know, or they're, they turn out to be, you know, much more like serious or something. And I was like, Oh, I had this different impression of them. So I've had that too. And I think, do I come off differently? I wonder if when they meet me, they go, Oh, that's not what I expected at all. So it's, 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 it's been an interesting process, you know, Um, because you have these conversations online that, sometimes are like I say very different and then other people are just spot on like you're like oh that is exactly how you are online and you know <laughs> and how you are in person so I always get you're you're much taller than I pictured you would be <laughs> which <laughs> I can't do much about that but since right. we're since we're introducing ourselves to people <laughs> listening Tracy why don't you introduce yourself to those uh who may not know you yet you may or may not share how tall you are if you'd like <laughs> Um, let's see. How tall am I? I feel like I'm shrinking. And, uh, <laughs> I, I have an almost nine-year-old who's every every week wants to measure himself against me. I'm like, honey, you're almost there. By the time you get in fifth grade, you're going to be taller than me. I think I'm about five, five or five, five and a half, something like that. So not, you know, just average height. Uh, but other than that, um, I write children's books and I am definitely newer to this field. I... Uh, In 2013, when I was looking for books beyond those I had in my picture book collection to share with my son on contemporary, you know, native culture, history, people, etc., I thought, my gosh, I've got all these traditional stories and I don't have like things from the, you know, 20th century or, you know, even 21st century. Uh, and so I went looking and, th- and there are books, don't get me wrong, there are books, there's just so few of them. And so at that point, I thought, but there aren't any uh, with Cherokee people in them, you know, which is the tribe that I'm a citizen of, and, and my son's a citizen of. And so I was like, okay, where are Cherokee Nation people in the modern era? And I don't see that, you know, there's a few biographies of like Will Rogers and Wilma Mankiller in like the educational markets things, but there's nothing there. And so it really spurred this interest in me to go, okay, what, what needs to happen here? Um, how do I find these books or how do I find people that will write them or should I write them? And I called a friend of mine from graduate school who has written in the field. And I said, okay, what do I need to do? You know, this is concerning to me. And he's like, you need to join SCBWI and whatever story you're working on, you actually need to finish it, <laughs> get it out and have it reviewed. He goes, lots of people never finish anything. And uh, so I took his advice and I did that. And at that point, um, I got what I feel like, you know, very, very good advice from him because I connected with a wonderful chapter here in Kansas City. And uh, found some, you know, we have lots of published children's book authors in the Kansas City area where I currently live. And from there, I you know, wrote my story. I had it critiqued. I went to the fall conference here, the fall conference in Oklahoma region, where I'm fr- originally from. And I finished that story. I did other stories. 
in fall of 2015, I um, wrote the story that um, you've read, We Are Grateful, Ojali Haliga, which will be published by Charles Bridge on September 4th. And since then, I've written you know other stories that are coming out. And it's been from what people tell me, a pretty fast, you know, journey and process uh, toward publication and writing. But I feel like I've done like lots of other careers (laughs) prior to this. So it's like, you know, it's like, I'm not like 22 and just having this, you know, happen. I mean, I'm um, in my mid forties. And so I'm like, I've been writing for a long time, you know, not for children, but you learn skills, you know, you learn editing, you learn to be edited and I've been edited a lot, you know, since, I mean, college days and, and graduate school, et cetera, right. law school and writing, you know, legal briefs, all these kind of things. So you get comfortable with that. And the other thing is that I also have a love of children's literature. You know, I've collected picture books since I was an undergrad. And, you know, you have to get attuned to where the market is now. And so I feel like I, I try to stay on top of that. I read a lot of picture books that have been published currently. Um, and it, it definitely is my favorite, uh, genre, you know, there's no question about that, but, um, I love novels in verse too. I love poetry. And so I feel like, um, I I've been around it. I just hadn't been in the field, you know, until more recently, but, um, it's it's been a wonderful experience so far, and I'm super excited for the book to come out and to be able to share it with, uh, I mean, first and foremost, Cherokee kids to say, hey, here you are, you know, in um, in the contemporary world, but you know, definitely just children everywhere to say that. Uh, I remember just recently I was um, home in um, our capital, Tahlequah meeting with some folks at the Heritage Center and one of the staff, when they saw the book, she goes, she goes, I love that this book is um, about just Cherokee people doing everyday things. Like there's nothing, uh, yes. you know, exceptional here. And I was like, exactly. Like this, that we still exist. This was We're still here, yeah. you know? Yeah. Tracy, I was just talking to, um, uh, have you, have you read, uh, there's a new chapter book series that just came out called Meet Yasmin. It's by Sadia Faruqi. No, I just Ellen. saw this, though, on social media. There you go. So I, 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 when I interviewed Sadia, she said similarly how she had been looking for so long for her daughter for a, a, a book about a Pakistani-American girl, a first-generation girl that wasn't where the main character was a superhero, but where she was just a girl. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm grateful yeah. that we are in a time in publishing now where we have voices coming forward, writing stories of, of I don't know how to even say it, what the contemporary experience about not just um, this is a really special, unique, different thing. So let's look at it through the guise of a superhero angle or something like that. But rather, this is us. Let me just put myself on paper. And uh, because we haven't had a chance to, to to be represented in that way before. Yeah, that's I mean, that is that is exactly um, where my focus and my mindset is you. I mean, you just elucidated that perfectly. I I feel like, you know, and, and not that I don't you know like superhero stories and things, but I want to go, you know, we we need, you know, kids to just go, oh, OK, these are my neighbors. These are my community members. Yes. These are. 
you know, my classmates in school because they are. Yeah. And yet so many times people just don't have that recognition. It's literally, oh, well, back then. No, no, right here today. We are here. (laughs) You know, I promise you we're like we're working next to you. You know, we're living next to you. Our kids, you know, are in your classes. Yes. And um, so the thing that, you know, I have as a focus and what I write is really that like here are people that have, you know, and, and I do have like some historical, you know, like picture book biographies that I'm working on that are still the 20th century, you know, but it's like, yeah, you know, these people have, have been here contributing and, and you may not, you know, know about them, but you need to know about them, you know, but similarly with, you know, my fiction picture books or this one, you know, is nonfiction. It's like, this is focused on a universal value of gratitude. You know, I think that you can look at almost any culture in the world and gratitude is something that is taught, you know, and our concept of that is, as I have been taught it and, and I know others have, is that even to be grateful for the struggles, you know, as well as the blessings. And so there are things in the book, um, and the way it's written is it's across four seasons. So some of those things that happen, you know, aren't just in like wintertime or just in springtime. I mean, there are some things that people experience that happen all year long, certainly mourning the loss of a loved one that happens, you know, all time, every season, you know, um, but it's helping kids to understand that it's like, it's not just being grateful for the good things that happen to you, you know? And again, this is to me, not a way out there concept. It's nothing extraordinary, or spectacular. It's everyday life, but it's never been reflected, you know, back to our own like Cherokee children or, or other children that it's like, Hey, you know, this might be something in your community too that you have been taught. And if not, maybe it's something you can reflect on. Like, what am I grateful for? You know, in my culture, in my family, in my everyday life. Um, the other thing with the book too, is that we have a lot of children that are, um, we're, our tribe is, you know, has a 14 county kind of jurisdictional area there in Northeastern Oklahoma. And so there are kids that live within that 14 counties. There are kids that live outside those 14 counties around the world. Right. And some of them may or may not have a strong cultural ties. So the other part of the book too, you know, and like I say, my principal thing in, in writing for Cherokee children is like to, for them to see themselves. Of course. Um, but if they don't necessarily identify with those things or know about them, then it's a way for them to go, hmm, I want to know more about that. There you are. You know, right. how do I make a basket? You know, how do I gather buck brush? You know, can someone teach me to do that? Or maybe I want to go to, um, you know, the tribe's day camp in the summer and, and hear, you know, traditional stories from a storyteller and, and learn how to make, you know, a basket or learn how to, you know, go to the summer STEM camp, you know, that they have when I'm a little older, et cetera. I mean, there's all those things that I would, uh, hope that they could see themselves, you know, doing or be curious about. And for the kids who do know, you know, and are involved in that, again, it's just a really nice mirror for them. To say, yeah, you know, this is this is who we are, and they can, again, share that with friends, classmates, etc. I mean, I think it's a good entree for, you know, the majority of people that are teaching our kids and and native kids across the board. You know, over ninety percent of them go to public schools. They're not in tribal schools. They're not in, 
Bureau of um, Indian Affairs, you know, Bureau of Indian Education schools. So, you know, the majority of their teachers are not native. You know, there, there are some, you know, there's a percentage that have native teachers, but it also helps teachers and librarians to um, better know their students and maybe their students in their classroom that are from um, different tribes that they don't know. You know, maybe they have Cherokee Nation citizens, right. you know, in their class. And so I think it just, it's a nice entree that opens up a lot of different um, opportunities for discussion, whether see, you focus on gratitude, seasons, yeah. you know, whatever. I, I mean, I see as well um, recognizing um, Native students in our classroom, but also even if you're in a school that does not have any Native representation, you can see that reflection on your own culture and um, identifying with people in a group and celebrating together and having tradition and having things that you look forward to that follow a pattern of seasons. That's mm -hmm. a universal thing that, that can connect all of us. And so in, in that same way, I see this is not a book just to include in your library or in your classroom. If you have um, children that, that are, uh, that, that have a native heritage, but they're also, this is a, that we just all need to read. <laughs> you, you've done, I, I'm beside myself because rarely do I lose myself just sitting, listening to the guest run the show. Tracy, you, <laughs> you so beautifully speak about this book. I can tell that for years you have lived with this story and the value of wanting to put it in front of children. Um, and I, I think that before we, we talk more directly about the book, before I get a chance to nerd out over your book, I want to say to you, you've accomplished it beautifully. Your book is beautiful. And I found myself taken aback by, um, by how well-crafted the, the um, story flowed through season. I really love the structure that you've given to the book itself, the narrative itself and breaking it down into seasons and having a flow within each of those. But I also quite love um, that you've incorporated so many Cherokee words and that that stopped me, that slowed me down. There are um, pronunciation guides uh, at the bottom of, of the page, as well as it's um, the the word is, is presented in Cherokee, correct? Yes. Um, and so my son thought um, the Cherokee um, syllable, Syllabary, 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 mm -hmm. syllabary, syllabary. Yep. Here you go. New word for me. Um, yeah. I understood what it meant, but not to, I'm trying deliberately not to say the Cherokee alphabet in the back because that's not. No, yeah, is. because it is right. I mean, it's a syllabary, which means that the, the character that Sequoia created goes for a whole syllable rather yes. than an alphabet, which is just one letter that you combine to make words, unless it's like the word a, you know, um, so it, yeah, it, it's a different meaning. So you have syllables that come together to form a word or to form a complete sentence or thought or phrase. So this, this story and to have things broken down that way that you say, am I saying the word correctly? Ojali Haliga? Yes. To have Ojali Haliga repeated over and over, to have this be um, the refrain that we come back to, we are grateful, Ojali Haliga, but then also have each um, season introduced that way and to go through the course of the year. I feel like, I mean, again, I'm going to come back to it. And I think it's because 
This is a quality of picture book structure that I, I look for and value. I, I love the rhythm and, and the structure of your story and that you've made it work clearly through editing, through time with the manuscript, through redrafts, through, um, uh, the time that you've taken with this story, you've you've pulled off something that I think is really beautiful. And I'd love, if you don't mind, I'd love to ask you to read some of the book for us if you have it in front of you. No, I didn't say that ahead of time. That's not fair of me. No, you did not. But I, I will find the book. <laughs> I'm so excited to read all the time. But then I thought, I, I mean, I can read it as well, but I just don't want to ruin the flow. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe... Well, I was going to say one of the things that I will say is, first of all, thank you. I'm I'm very honored and and humbled that that you've said what you said about the book, um, because you know people will talk about how something's a heart book or a head book. This is definitely a heart book. There's just no question about it. You know, I um, have been thinking about this for a long time, and the crazy part is. <clears throat> The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Gallery Nucleus, an art gallery and bookstore. On Saturday, September 9th from 2 to 5 p.m., Nucleus will be hosting a signing with the artist Scott C. and writer Drew Daywalt at their storefront outside Los Angeles, California to celebrate the books Sleepy, The Goodnight Buddy, and Adventures in Drawing. Come see Scott's original art from both books and enjoy fun activities. This free event is open to all ages. The version that you see in front of you, I mean, I literally wrote out a grid of the seasons and put jotted down notes under each one. And then I wrote a draft. Suzanne Slade, a picture book author who's written numerous copies, um, gave me a free Skype critique that I won from the picture book builder's blog. Mm, And so I revised based on her comments, because she was like, well, um, because I had it through the eyes of a child originally, instead of like the collective Cherokee community. And she said, um, I think that you have, you know, all these elements in here. And uh, it seems like you could just focus this in a nonfiction way. I was like, okay, all right. (laughs) So I retooled and literally with just a few little tweaks after that, that's the version you see here. That so it's is not, beautiful. It was I know. There. It was there I with mean, you. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, so that is awesome. It's crazy. So do you want me to start at the beginning or is there a certain I, season you want me to read? Let me ask you um, just really honestly, what's your favorite season? My favorite not, season not is fall. Not just what you've written, but fall is your favorite. No, no, fall. Fall is my favorite season. Why, why is fall your favorite? I love, I mean, there's so much about the the weather, the air, the feel of the air, the burst of color. Um, why is fall your favorite? Because um, it, it's it's when our new year starts. So to me, it's like it's a new beginning. And I I just always feel like things come together for me. It's like I've endured the heat of summer. And things are going to cool off. And then it's like, I get to start again. And right now my family is enduring (laughs) packing up our house. We had not anticipated moving and certainly not in the middle of a book launch. Um, And so I keep saying to myself, 
you know, it's almost new year. Like it's, things are going to have come together. <laughs> we're going to have moved because we're moving back home to the Cherokee nation and, uh, just endure this heat and, and all the packing and all the stuff that needs to be done. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's really one of those things where I just have to laugh at it because like, I mean, I'm, I've just got so much exhaustion right now, but I'm like, fall is coming. It's coming. The new yeah. year's coming. You know, it's like, you're, you're going to be, you know, um, okay. Well, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely my favorite. So would you, would you mind reading then from the, the start of the book through fall? Sure. Absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Cherokee people say Ojali Haliga to express gratitude. It's a reminder to celebrate our blessings and reflect on struggles daily throughout the year and across the seasons. Uli Gohasti fall. When cool breezes blow and leaves fall, we say Ojali Haliga. As shell shakers dance all night around the fire, and burnt cedar scent drifts upward during the great new moon ceremony. As we clean our houses, wear clothes, enjoy a feast, forget old quarrels to welcome New Year. While we collect buckbrush and honeysuckle to weave baskets. To remember our ancestors who suffered hardship and loss on the Trail of Tears. And have hope as our Elise, Grandma, cradles the newest member of the family, and reveals his Cherokee name. Thank you. You know, with each season that follows, you start with that that rhythm, that same introduction, that as this thing happens in the world around us, we say, Ojali Haliga. We say we are grateful as this thing happens. And what um, it called to my mind was, as we observe... As we look around us, as the world turns, as nature presents itself, we say we are grateful. Um, to me, that that um, that attitude, that approach, that is a feeling of um, that we're a part of a bigger movement. That there mm-hmm. are things that are happening that that we are a part of. That sometimes we cause things to happen, but other times we are the result of things happening. Um, and quite frankly, here here I am on the verge of a new school year, as uh, so many mm-hmm. other children are. Some have already started, but but we're at a time here where we can cause things to happen and where also things will happen um, outside of, of our control, um, but that we can observe and that we can be grateful for, for what we take in. Um, Absolutely. It, it just, I, I would imagine you're having a lot of readers, Tracy, um, that are experiencing, whether or not the words have come back to you, but are experiencing reading this book saying, this was the right time for me to read this book. This book came to me at the right time. And I'd imagine that's going to happen all year long because of how important it is for us always to just stop and see what things are going on around us and to take stock of that and to be grateful for where we are. I I completely agree. And I think that sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that daily to-do list or the weekly to-do list. And, and then you miss those, those small things, you know, that time of connection with a loved one, that time to, you know, take a moment. And as we talk about in winter, you know, like when we feed our animal and bird friends, you know, 
um, I, I looked outside and I was like, oh my gosh, our bird feeders are empty. Like we've got to get out there and take care of <clears throat> them, you know, and get bird feeders filled up. And so there's just little things like that, that, um, I become more and more aware of. And I think, you know, to the extent that, as you put it, you know, there's things that are happening all around us all the time and we don't have control over a lot of those things. And then there are things that we put in motion that we do have control over. And, um, to the extent that we can be grateful for those things, because there's a tension between both, you know, things happen to us and there's things that we cause and just, um, recognizing that that is part of the rhythm of life, you know, just as much as the seasons are and the things that, that happen to us that are blessings that as well as struggles, you know, that, that is part of, of the cycle of our experience, you know, as, as lived beings. And, uh, cause my son the other day, he was just like, you know, why do people have to die? And I, you know, and I said, it's, it's just part of the life cycle, honey. I said, you know, everything is born, it lives and it dies. And I said, and that's, that's how it's just been for millennia. You know, it just, that's, that, that keeps going. And so we just enjoy to the extent we can, um, the time that we're here, you know, but not all of that is going to be pleasant. And, um, but you just have to stay focused on the bigger picture, which is that we get to be in relationship with each other. We get to enjoy each other and make memories, uh, while we're here and help each other. And, and that's really all we can focus on is how do you use, the talents and gifts you've been given to be of service to others and that you'll be busy the rest of your life. If you do that. <laughs> well put. <laughs> well put. Um, <clears throat> I want to turn, I know our time is quickly fleeting, but I want to turn to the illustrations because I'd be mm. remiss if we didn't, because they're gorgeous. Oh, and they I are know gorgeous. from looking at the back of the book that, that you and the illustrator got to meet, but yes, I wanted to Frené say is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these, the, the book is just gorgeous. And I, and I wanted a full color, you know, just vibrant book because it was a four seasons book yeah. and, and For her me, artwork, I mean, knocked it out of the park. It's wow. beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm. I even love, um, the little note, um, or the, the, the art that's not called a note, whatever. I love the detail on the very first mm-hmm. page that it, yes. it took me a couple of reads, but I realized that tree on the first page has all four seasons represented mm-hmm. uh, right there. And she's illustrated it, I guess, in such a way that it just looked natural to me. My eye didn't go, wait a second, something's off here. But that mm-hmm. uh, here we are um, going across the seasons. I also loved, and this is something that I want to directly call out, um, one, because I'm constantly trying to, I think, identify my ignorances and to learn and to grow. But two, because it causes me to think of um, Dr. Debbie Reese of the American Indians and Children's Literature blog. And mm-hmm. that is that one of the things that I observed, that I took in <clears throat> reading this book, was seeing uh, people of all different skin tones mm-hmm. represented. And it reminded yes. me of uh dr reese saying uh native people are not people of color there may be people of color who have native background but but it is not i'm gonna i'm not gonna word it the way that she's saying the best way but no i I mean that 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 you're you're exactly right and and it because it is a dual citizenship Mm. you know i'm a citizen of the cherokee nation and i'm a citizen of the united states and um so 
we we do range in terms of skin color, you know, from you have like the blonde hair, blue eyed to black. You know, I mean, it's just that's that's the reality. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, I said to the editor, I was like, you know, the artwork really needs to reflect the variety of Cherokee people that exist in the world. Otherwise, it's not going to be realistic. You can't just have everyone with like, you know, kind of brown skin and brown hair because that's not what we all look like, you know. And, um, but they're right there, right there. Yeah, I know you know yeah. this. I know you know. Yeah. But yeah. for me to just expose, you know, my childhood and perhaps so many of our childhoods to have a book that just exists with Frenet's illustrations just showing people with different skin tones on the cover paired with a Cherokee word, that alone speaks a message and Mm -hmm. exposes our readers to, uh, you know, making new understandings or making Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps for them first understandings, but for us adults that are reading to them, allowing those wires to be rewired for us, Mm -hmm. um, allowing us, I mean, there's a lot of work that, that, um, I could tell what's going on in me, just unpacking some of the things that that I knew or whatever, how you, the things you think you know when you're a kid and then you realize, no, I learned that wrong. I didn't know that the right way. Um, and you spend you spend your life continuing to learn and to um, just be better. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, Tracy. I walked into a conversation <laughs> where I realized I don't know what to say other than I think... at the risk of being cliche I want to tell you that I'm grateful The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Storyteller Academy Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy Listeners of the Children's Book Podcast are invited to a free mini-class. Enroll today at StorytellerAcademy.com slash wonder, or click on the Storyteller Academy banner at MatthewCWinner.com slash podcast. I'm grateful for your book, and I mean that sincerely. I mean that I know the work you and Frenet and Charles Bridge put into making sure, making sure that this was right when it went out to readers, making sure that this was representative of the story you, Tracy, wanted to tell. And and I'm grateful for that. Wado, I appreciate that. Um, it, if you look inside the front cover, I do also mention a lot of other Cherokee citizens that assisted with this book because, you know, in my mind, um, and I think, you know, in the minds of many people, but I mean, the, a book is not just the author, the illustrator, even the publishing company. I mean, like to me, it's, it's a whole community of people, uh, at least how I approach writing a book and making a book. And so with each book that I've written, you know, I've reached out to many people and, um, and this book, you know, I could not have gotten all the Cherokee words right myself. You know, I mean, so we have a master linguist, you know, with the tribe, make sure that what I had written down was correct. And, you know, did we put the emphasis on the right syllable and, and you know, making sure that the syllabary, you know, was correct, et cetera. I mean, it's like all those things, you know, once it's in print, I mean, it's it's done. And, and sure, you can have a correction on next printing, but you know, no, you know, I mean, in my mind, it's like, it, it needs to be gotten 
done correctly from the beginning. And so I am, I am deeply indebted to, like I say, uh, fellow Cherokee people who, you know, took the time to work with me, meet with Frene when she came from, uh, Western Australia last summer and I met her down in Tahlequah. Yes. I mean, and, and she did this, you know, she didn't get a travel grant. Um, she had applied for one. So she did this with her own funds and, and we ended up meeting in Tahlequah so I could introduce her to people so that she could do her research, you know, because I mean, she's not known, you know, in the community. And, um, but she, you know, she understood that it's like, as I would hope anyone would understand that it's like, if you have no concept of this community or, you know, people, landscape, et cetera, flora, fauna, you need to experience that, you know, yes. and, and she did. And, uh, as, as Cherokee people are, I mean, we're extremely hospitable people and that Cherokee hospitality that, you know, they shared with her is wonderful. So the other thing I hope this book does is like spurs people to go to Northeastern Oklahoma, you know, Mm. and like explore (laughs) the landscape because it's like, it's a beautiful place. You know, I mean, I'm moving home. Like I say, my son is always like, mom, why can't we just stay here when we go see family? And I'm like, okay, we're staying here. We're going this time. And, you know, we're, (laughs) we're moving home. Um, like I say, we're very excited about that, but she, um, really took that experience in. And I feel like that's what you see translated on the page that she has, um, brought my words Mm. into this absolutely arresting visual presentation that I just cannot take my eyes off. And then she goes and creates this amazing book trailer (laughs) that, um, I mean, if you haven't seen it, like it's going to have you dancing, right? I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite songs in the world is celebration by cool and the gang. So our, uh, Cherokee Nation Youth Choir recorded that in Cherokee, and I absolutely love that song. So she and so she says, you know, can you think of some music for this? And I was like, yeah, I can actually. <laughs> so, so she wrote and got permission from the youth choir to use the song, and uh, we took the voiceover from our beta reader Emily Chavez. She um, she did the uh, voiceover for that. And so, and she went to our tribes immersion school. She just graduated from the tribes high school there in Tahlequah. She does the voiceover. I mean, like it's, it's this gorgeous thing. And I was like, gosh, Renee, I'm so grateful that you have all these mad skills, right. To, to put this together. Um, but like I say, the, obviously the lasting legacy with this is the book. And I don't know if you paid attention because adults seem to miss this. I think kids get it, but, um, did you notice something that appears on every spread? I did not because I was, <gasps> I think, so what? concentrating on reading the pronunciation the right way. What did I oh, notice okay. that appears on every spread? I'm reading it with the three-year-old, too. Unless it's the mm-hmm. woodpecker. I'm not sure what I noticed. Yes. The pileated woodpecker is oh, on every good. spread. You, yes. Well, let me bring you. Yes. let me bring it back to our backyard then and you watching the birds we were just <laughs> we were just at the <laughs> hardware store and uh, my son and daughter were questioning what suet is mm, and i was okay. saying yep. we haven't had it around the house in a while because it has nuts in it and we have um allergies the my children and i have uh tree nut allergies among many other things and so we just stopped stocking our our um our woodpecker bird feeder because of the allergies but we used to have a couple woodpeckers that would hang out at our house all the time and so we were talking about woodpeckers in that connection so i didn't realize mm-hmm. that the woodpeckers on every page though yes yes so every two page spread you will find the um 
the pileated woodpecker, which is a, an exceptionally large one. So it kind of works with the illustrations that it would be so big. In, because if you've ever seen one, I mean, they are easily, you know, at least eight to 12 inches tall. They're, yeah. they're quite big for, um, for woodpeckers. And so I was like, oh, that works, you know. Nice. But originally, and this is where, again, like some people say, oh, the author and the illustrator, you know, shouldn't chat or whatever. But in a book where you want to make sure that you get cultural things right, when she showed up with rough illustrations, uh, the rough sketches, I mean, in Oklahoma, I looked and she had, um, you know, these kind of circles and little points on the head and stuff. And I said, I said, is that an owl in the tree? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I put an owl in, in every spread. I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, no, we, we cannot have that. Um, <laughs> because that's not a messenger of good things and uh, for Cherokee people. I said, so if, if you have this oh. owl showing up following these people in every spread, like a Cherokee person is just going to close the book and walk in the other direction. I was like, you know, <laughs> I said, you know, but you could have like a, you know, pileated woodpecker. That's a pretty, you know, good sized bird. That's very typical at home that people see. And, you know, totally different connotation. And she was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. So again, I mean, and there's, you know, there's other things, like I say that in, in looking at it, you know, we, um, shifted, but there's also stuff in here that she's included that if you're not Cherokee, like you're not necessarily gonna probably clue in on or yeah, be I aware of. That and, sure. and so that's fun too, because then if you do know you, you pick up on those things, you know, and but it if you don't, you have... it's like, it's fine. You can still enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, um, no, but you're, you're, so... you're writing something or you're including something for, for that ownership too, right? Mm -hmm. For, for the right. kids that, that are aware of, of whether it's the, the food that's, that's lying around or the, the toys that the kids are playing with or, or whatever it may be. There are yeah. things in here that I knew reading it that I, there were things that I didn't have experience with that as my daughter was asking me what things were, I was like, Oh, they're playing a game or, Oh, they're eating food. Or the, those were the two things in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Ooh, the details. How good. Of course you had to talk. It's, this is like the rule about rhyming picture books, right? Like you're not supposed to write a rhyming picture book unless you can write a really, really good one. So you're right. not supposed to talk to your illustrator unless it does something like this for your book. Right. I was <laughs> going to say, you know, right. and, and why wouldn't you want to give them whatever assistance they can in terms of, you know, their research? I mean, again, she created all of this stuff. You know, I didn't sit here and say, oh, I, you know, envision this for you to paint this or you right. to include this. You know, there's none of that. I have no visual abilities whatsoever in terms you of both. creating art, you know. Right. Um, but uh, in terms of, you know, just making sure my whole thing, like I said, was I wanted, you know, to see vibrant colors because it's a Four Seasons book and for it to be culturally accurate, you know. Um, and so I'm just I'm just super excited for uh, it to be out in the world soon. Well, congratulations on Thank the you. book being when when I share this uh, podcast, the book will be out. But I know for now, Yay! many, many uh, reviewers have been in er, beta readers and all these different people have been seeing it. And I know the response has already been warm. So I my wish for you, as uh, I'm constantly thinking of them, um, is that that when children read this book that you have the opportunity to hear back from them. And I know you yes. will, I know yes. you will, but that I, um, 
you know, it's something that we strive for all the time in um, in our library is making sure not not only that that we can find the words to articulate how we appreciate something, but also making sure we tell that person that it really mm-hmm. meant something to us. So mm-hmm. uh, my wish for you is that uh, that readers and teachers and librarians help get those messages back to you. Tracy, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for one connecting, but two for this gift of a book that is, we are grateful. It's so beautiful. Wado, I appreciate that very much. And I've, I've enjoyed our chat and I look forward to us being able to meet, you know, in the future, um, face to face. (laughs) I can't wait before we go. Why don't we bring, uh, both of our, or both of our conversations? No, are we are in one conversation, but let me bring both of our focuses back again to the children. As I ask you, uh, I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Tracy, is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Oh, I wish that I could be sitting with you all. You are in one of my favorite places in the world. I absolutely loved my school library. and But since I can't be there with you, I would ask that you um, take your one of your classmates, go and share with them the favorite book you have on the shelf right now that you've recently read or one that's your favorite of all time and uh, maybe spur them on to reading that and and then switch and do that for for another classmate because I always enjoyed sharing about the books that I had read with my friends and I loved hearing about what they were excited about so enjoy your time in my favorite place in the world and I wish I was there to hear about your favorite books but in the meantime share with the classmate This is Kate Narita, fourth grade teacher and author of the book, 100 Bugs, Accounting Book. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, shout out to my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Kate, Darshna, Nicole, Jarrett, Mike, Link, Anitra, Lynn, Cynthia, Doug, Amanda, Ruth, Lara, Judy, Karina, Teresa, Elaine, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You are all welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. 
That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.